Welcome to WLNM, the web novel and manga review hosted by Zeke Changuris. Welcome to WLNM, the web light novel and manga review. We are dedicated to bringing our listeners the very special artists, writers, creators, and industry professionals that are part of this explosion of creativity. Today, we'd like to welcome Jonathan Solis, the author of Seventh Star, Volume 1, 1, 2, 5, Azure Wing, and Rise of the Hunters. Welcome, Jonathan. Hey, Zeke. Thanks for having me. You're welcome. So uh, let's just get started, you know. As they say, best place to start is the beginning. Uh, what got you started as a writer? Were you always a storyteller or was this something that you developed a taste for or a habit for uh, later? Hmm. Well, see, it all started over 20 years ago. <laughs> <laughs> I'm kidding. Um, well, well, for me, that as, easily could be 20 years ago, and I still would have been a professional doing something else. So, yeah. Okay. Um, no, well, ever since I was a kid, I've always been a big reader of stories. So I've always really been into the whole fantasy world or fiction and things like that. Not, not huge on autobiographies or stuff like that. Historical fiction, great, but none of the non-fictional stuff. And... I've always kind of messed around creating like small little storylines here and there, really bad ones starting off. Cause you know, that's where we usually all okay. begin with our, by starting off, are you referring to fan fiction? No, 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 no. Okay. Okay. <laughs> well, the, uh, there is a, I have a firm belief that fan fiction is not bad. It's just like if I were to give you a prompt in your English class in, in high school and say, this is your prompt right from it. That's what fan fiction is. So we do not deride fan fiction, but uh, understand that some of us don't start in that genre of uh, self-aggrandizement in many cases. Yeah, no, I've, uh, I think I've done fan fiction maybe one time and it wasn't so much as fan fiction as it was an alternate ending because I really just hated the ending of this one particular show. So I wanted to like redo it to see if I could make it better. Okay, all right. That happened, so, I don't know, two or three years ago, I think. Okay. Well, so you, you started, um, you started writing and well, you started being an enjoyer of stories and it kind of gradually morphed into a need to create your own. I guess you could say that I've always been a creative type. And at one point I did art, but I developed some really bad arthritis and carpal tunnel that doesn't let me hold a pencil or anything for long spans of time. So I had to find a different way to express that creativity. And I turned to writing because before I got into artwork, I did a little bit of light writing here and there. Okay. And, and what people, most people don't really know is that the first story that technically I wrote was as your wing. So, so what was it with that? Well, what led you there? Um, was it, was there something that inspired you to take that leap into putting all those words down? Or was it more of, I'm going to write something because I have a goal to write something. It was more like, uh, 
I sat down one day and I had all these creative ideas and I decided to just make a world out of it. So the first iteration of Azure Wing wasn't Azure Wing as people know it. What's the story technically was born out of the two main characters of that series. So it's always been the same character starting off. And I just put them in different scenarios and different worlds. And I just kept recycling them over and over and over again, as if they're getting reincarnated with different backstories and stuff like that. And eventually that just ended up as Azure Wing in its, as its final iteration. Well, that's interesting. Yeah, it, it kind of reminds me of, um, I just read something very interesting. I'm a huge, I, I, I love the story of Rosario Vampire. Um, oh, I manga, love the, the manga. The especially, manga especially is amazing. But apparently there's a, somewhere floating out there is Rosario Vampire Prototype, which is a one shot of what he originally envisioned the story to be. And Mocha was in the human world, not the vampire world. She had a very different, the character or her and Skune were very different kinds of characters. And I would love to see that. Um, I might have to, I hate digging through Reddit because Reddit is scares me, but uh, I know that there's a copy somewhere floating around on Reddit and I'd love to read it. I'd love to read that actually. I love that. That was, that's the only manga that I have the complete connect collection for. I love the story to pieces. I've got it. I, I've got it. I re I re, reread the entire series uh, at least three times at this point. I just I really think that second season is just it puts it into overdrive. It becomes this awesome story. Just love it. Mm-hmm. The second yeah. season for the manga, not the anime. Yeah, was... yeah. The second season for the manga. <laughs> yes. The the anime was a bit of a catch twenty two. Well, not a catch twenty two. It, it was. It was a weird case where the anime was put ahead of the manga, if you didn't know. Yeah. Yeah. So that's why it was weird. Yeah, it, it is. But uh, I would love to see that uh, season, second season of manga turned into a anime. And it just changes oh. the whole feel for it. It mm-hmm. just, mm-hmm. it really was, it was epic, or I guess is epic. Um, well, thinking, uh, what, what, one of the things we do talk about a lot is inspiration. What inspires you to write? Is it, is it the voices in your head or is it what happens around you? What, what is that underlying motivation for some of us? It's, you know, there's an inherent need to get what's in our heads on paper. Well, I don't talk about the voices in my head. Okay. <laughs> I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> um, well, inspiration inspiration i think early on when i when i was first like putting literal pencil on paper because that's where my all my original stories were on paper paper not on word documents on paper paper um it was stories like aragon i love the aragon series the book series um lord of the rings recently uh, i'm inspired by three specific series i think they're like the best light novels like top of the top and they would be the rising of the shield hero okay jobless reincarnation okay and the third one is it just escaped me um re-zero okay all right i i i mean i i I am reading shield hero i am reading re-zero i am reading the uh jobless reincarnation 
mean, though I'm having trouble getting through uh, Shield Hero, if only because they spend too much time talking about power ups and debuffs and all, all this. Side. I mean, he spends so much time talking about the magic system. Uh, I'm there are times I'm like, just move, move the plot forward, move the see, plot forward. And that's where Jabba's reincarnation does it better because they're the way they teach the reader about their system weaves with the text. Yes. And the plot it, progression. There's not a lot of exposition. Like it shows, it shows and tells in, in such a, perfect balance yeah I, I really like jobless reincarnation it it you know uh people who hadn't read it uh were kind of like oh my god this anime is kind of like off I'm like yeah but read the book and you'll see that there are reasons i mean <laughs> this guy is a creep but he wants to do better he truly does want to do better in his next life and become less of a uh well, creep a creep yeah <laughs> well see that's yeah. the thing he owns to, he, the author owns up to the character he created he doesn't um, like magically redeem him by making him a decent person he's yes. still flawed he's still very flawed but uh and you get to see that the most when he's scared to just leave his own house it's like this he's a 30 year old guy inside of a kid's body but he's scared to leave the perimeter of his lawn right and, and that's just amazing characterization yes it it, it it gives you that sense that, you know, this too many times we have the instantly OP overconfident character and yeah, he becomes very, very powerful, but that journey is not an easy one. And mm -hmm. he gets, I mean, though it's trading, he gets the crap beaten out of his, by his father frequently, even though he's just training and he wants to be good at sword fighting like his dad, but he sucks. Yeah, he has no gift for it. Yeah. So, although yeah. they do explain why later. Yeah. But, you know, it's just one of those like, you want to, you know, you want to have a, a, a character that feels a little more real than some. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. The, it might um, be a little bit too real for some people. <laughs> uh yes the real worlds we don't 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 if you want really real world fantasy try grimgar uh, oh yes grimgar which, fantasy of ash yes yes which is more more real than you necessarily want uh in a lot of your fiction so that's that's starkingly real that's that's guttural is a term i use guttural fiction about the soldier's slog you know it's you know i i really like that series too it's it's amazing but it is it's heavy reading it's not <laughs> the pictures are cute but it is not <laughs> a uh, a nice relaxing fantasy yeah but it's more real it's, it, it feels almost like game of thrones but like less game of thrones well game of thrones if everybody was a peasant yeah they, that's that's a way of thinking of it. Game of Thrones, if everybody was a peasant. And then the, the way the author replaces his characters. Yeah. It's like, this guy moves quick. Yeah. Although I do feel like the character development's a little bit on the slow side. Yeah. But how, how well do we get, do you really get to know somebody in a short span of time? 
and that's I think true. that that's that's kind of what he's going for. We only really get to know some of these people on the surface because that's all they show us. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, that's all. Unless you know someone really well, and you don't really know someone really well, um, for you know, unless you've known them for a really long time. And I, th- I think he does a good job at not compromising on on that to have that instant trust that some characters evoke so what what would you describe as your strong point i mean you like fantasy but is it the world building is it uh the characterization um what is your what do you think your strong point is in these fantasy worlds i want to say my strong suit is so much fantasy as it would be action okay like fast-paced things because I've been like with Seventh Star, I'm going away from the fantasy bit because I've realized that everything I'm doing is fantasy. And then Rise of the Hunters is sci-fi, paranormal. So that's also a look away. But the thing that they all have in common is the action. So. Which for me, mm, I find the hardest to write. It's actually a lot of people find action hard to write because if it's not done correctly, it slows down the pacing of a book. Or if it's too fast, it feel doesn't feel as satisfying as a reader would like. So what what do you think the key to a good action scene is? If you if you're to write one out, is it is there like a length limit? What is it that that makes an action scene move in your opinion? Uh it, it, so I think it's, I think I'll just draw some parallels between like anime and the light novel. So in anime, you can have cool visuals and you can just see everything that's happening on the screen, right? So there's your um, wow factor, right? So cool special effects like we see in all these great action shows or not so great action shows sometimes. But in order to, I think, write a good action scene, you need to be able to paint enough of an image in the reader's mind and leave it open enough that they can fill it in with their imagination. Okay. So it's a very fine balance of telling them what's happening, but not so much that they don't have to imagine everything. You have to give them enough room for them to imagine some of the actions. And it's kind of hard to do that because some people really like writing out like, oh, the character did a backflip into an ax kick that knocked the other person's leg out. Or you can say that they did it as some sort of aerial maneuver to reposition themselves. It depends on a situational scenario, but it's definitely a hard balance to hit. Okay. I mean, I, I, like I said, I, it's not something that comes easy to me. Um, I think I'm better at, I, I love world building. I'm okay at dialogue. But uh, yeah, for me, action scenes are always the most difficult because I'm, I want to put too much information in and then I hold myself back and it just becomes boring. So it, yeah, it, it's, it's a very interesting balance, I guess. And like you said, a balance that you got to pick. Um, what is, I think you use the term paint and that goes along the lines of one of my favorite topics i ask all my interview subjects 
do you write yourself into a corner? Do you have a nice story about writing yourself into a corner? Because I'm pretty sure most of us have done that. And then you're like, how do I get out? Uh, you know, that tends to happen a lot when I'm, when I'm writing. And what I end up doing is I just backtrack maybe a whole chapter, a whole volume. I just backtrack until I'm out of the corner and then take a different route. Do you find that that is one of those? So, so you do it enough that it's not like, a, oh my God, I'm going to have to unravel this entire manuscript because I realize that this isn't going to work. Um, you seem to catch those, those hiccups earlier rather than later. Mm -hmm. So, well, at least I try to. Sometimes there's situations where I'm in a corner. It's just like, oh, well, this, I'm contradicting myself in text in the past and the future because at some point I decided to change something inside of the story that I forgot to edit in the back. And I don't know, I think unlike most people, I tend to just toss whole manuscripts and then just start from the beginning. Okay. That's what I usually do. Like Seven Star is on its eighth full rewrite. I feel you. Been there. So it's been changed, and every single iteration's changed. So it's like imagine putting a Jenga tower, like really just making it some sort of tower, and then every single time I rewrite it, I'm sort of straightening out the blocks. And then once the blocks are all straight, if I don't like it, I just throw the tower over and I start rebuilding it, and then I go through that process again. Do you think? What do you think is your advantage to that, to that process as opposed to the, uh, you know, being more selective in your rewriting? Uh, I think the advantage goes on to this idea where whenever you're thinking of what you're writing, you'll only remember the important bits. So the first time I write something, it's usually cluttered with unnecessary information or it's just super like saturated with like exposition. So once I get rid of it, I know what I want the chapter to be because that it'll, I've already written it, but I write it from memory. And then only the important bits stay for that second rewrite. And then I do that again for the refining task. And it just makes my writing a whole lot tighter and it makes it flow better. Because every single time, a lot of the unnecessary writing or the awkward dialogue kind of leaves because it's like practicing writing the same scenario over and over and over okay so it I becomes mean, like if i could get a student saying? to write more than one draft that would be a, a miracle at this point <laughs> i write so many drafts um some people if they look at the seven star actually will see like how many iterations just the titles gone through event it, it was first called hero story because it was a story about a superpowered society and then it became radiance because that was a rehash of the superhuman society being called radiance instead of superheroes and now we're in seventh star because the whole it's been changed even more from there so do you how do you relate to your characters um for some of us it's we have a very personal relationship with them we feel for them consistently and uh, we want them to always you know we want them to be happy we want them to be good we want things to go well for them. And then there are other writers who take a more detached thereupon in my grand scheme. Um, and uh, I'm not going to show that empathy for them. 
uh, how are you when it comes to your your characters? Uh, are you are you an like a caring and kind God, or are you? I'm going. I and uh, I'm. What is the word? Um, are you benevolent or uh, what's the the opposite of benevolent? Malevolent. Malevolent. Yeah. Or do you just uh, not care? You know. I wouldn't say I'm especially emotionally attached to any of the characters. Um, I'm pretty detached, but I don't make them suffer for the sake of suffering. It's sort of. I like putting them in a situation that makes the story entertaining to read. So it's not so much as making them happy or making them suffer. It's more like what kind of interesting scenario can I put this character who was created to be this way in that the readers would like to enjoy to read. And sometimes that may result in suffering or maybe they'll be happy. But to me, it's inconsequential because I'm just looking to have an of a enjoyable read on the page. Okay, I mean I, that's a that's a fair way of looking at it. Um, do you back to a more mechanical part? Do you do do you have a target number when, of words, or do you just write until you think okay, enough has been said? So. Whenever I write a chapter, I keep going until I feel like my narrative obligation has been met to the reader. So when I feel like I can write, when I reach the end of the page and it feels like that's the bow and that's the end of that chapter right there and the next chapter moves on to a different idea. So maybe chapter one is going out on a picnic and that whole chapter will be about that picnic. And then chapter two would be maybe after the picnic or a week after the picnic, but it wouldn't be about the picnic because the, the narrative obligation is done about the picnic in chapter one. Does that make sense? Yeah, yeah, it, it, it does, it does. So- And because of that, I, I'm using scene breaks a lot more. All right. That, that way I can- move on without it you know trying to create an awkward um segue mm -hmm. yeah so, so like maybe chapter one will have like five scene breaks okay yeah i i like scene breaks um it as a reader i like scene breaks because i do a lot of reading at night before bed and I feel like I can be justified to put the book down if I get to a scene break as opposed to, oh my God, I've got 10 more pages in this chapter and it's already 11 o'clock. I really should be in bed now. But mm -hmm. yeah, uh, scene breaks as a reader, I really enjoy having them because they give me, I can put the book down um, and, and it's easy that, to pick up. That actually goes back to the action bit we were talking about earlier. So something I tend to do now with action scenes is that I do a scene break where the action is supposed to start. So let's say there's dialogue happening and we're building up to a, a fight scene. Right before the fight scene actually text actually begins, I put a scene break because it helps the reader. I think it helps the reader kind of readjust their mentality from dialogue and like inner thoughts and things like that to 
action and fast paced and more dynamic things. Okay. That's something I recently picked up. Hey, it, it, it's always interesting to see how people use different mechanics. And I, I think that's a good little hint um, on a way to do things. So yeah, it's always interesting to learn something new, especially since we all tend to write things differently. Um, so, you know, uh, da, da, ah, we did, we already, we talked right off the bat about some of your light novel and anime series, series that, that you, uh, that, uh, you're interested in. Um, but do you have like an author that you admire or someone who, uh, you read early on that you're like, this is the kind of uh, style I wanted to try and emulate? Um, you know, as far as the authors I want to emulate go, I didn't really have one until I started reading the light novels. Okay. So like Jobless Reincarnations, uh, Refugine, definitely someone like, it's not so much I want to write like him is that I want to create a grand, just well thought out world like he did. Hey, so that, that whatever it is that you, you feel you want to aspire to. I and then for go oh ahead. you're saying no go Thank ahead you. Oh, okay <laughs> I was gonna, and then for uh re-zero uh nagatsuki tepe uh i really like the way he characterizes his characters super super flawed but he has redeemable qualities as the story goes on and then one of the stories that i like but isn't in my top three is chivalry of a failed knight okay by uh riku misora i think that's a really good light novel series is that like as groundbreaking or as amazing, but I like the way he goes about his story because the main cast, you know, the main girl and the main guy get together by like the end of book one or something like that. Like, yeah, like, like right off the bat. Yeah. Yeah. Just immediately. Which is, is, is nice considering the number of ones where you're like, will you just kiss already? Uh, is basically the ongoing theme. Um, right. Yeah, I, and I, I, yeah, for me, it was, I always want, and I know a little pompous here, but I always wanted to be able to write like Hemingway. I know I never will, but he uh, was very, his, his sentence structure is very simple and very direct. And he never met, you know, an adjective that he didn't want to kick in the teeth. And he tries to... <laughs> tries to be as succinct as possible and i've always admired that about him uh, about his writing styles but you know i also love fitzgerald i mean i was a big fan of the jazz age writers um, mm -hmm. but it didn't keep me from trying to find my own style and i think i i, I write i write the way you very i guess visually like when you if you read something I wrote, you notice that it's written to be read out loud. I'm very much that kind of writer. And mm. I'm written writing to create like a scene that you visually see as if I'm writing for television. So yeah, that's that's seems to be my um my uh qualities as a writer. Uh that have grown out of my original intent was to write very succinctly. And then I found Aaron Sorkin. 
Yeah. So it's narrative storytelling instead of a dialogue storytelling. Yeah. 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 I can't, I've tried doing dialogue storytelling, but I just want to, I get throw, get, I just go back to narrative storytelling. Yeah. But, oh, and so, I mean, before we wrap up here, uh, tell me what, um, tell me what we are in for. Uh, I imagine since uh, Seventh Star is a volume one, you have a volume two planned out. Um, mm-hmm. So let's go ahead and give me the setting for the Seventh Star universe. I'm going to have to pull that one up because when it comes to giving good synopsis, I always get off tangents when it comes to... because <laughs> I know You know it too well. That's yeah, so I got I to gotta go to the approved jotted down version (laughs) or else it's just like hey you gave spoilers i was like oops oh i got really good at describing mine it's the story of two reporters who meet in their first years of reporting and have a friendship over the span of 40 years as they grow together and apart just like many people do when they meet their colleagues in their 20s you know (laughs) um i mean I think Seven Star is definitely going to be one of my more unique entries. I think it's definitely my best work. That's what we're calling it because it's it's like the it's the culmination of everything I've learned from all the other three series. Like Azure Wings, my favorite work, but I wasn't the best artist or writer when I wrote that, and I've learned from that. And oops, I think I just there we go. I love hearing the words. I learned. I learned. I learned. I love that. Yeah, because I'm not, a, I don't believe myself a perfect writer. Like, like I said, I rewrite my stuff so many times and it's because I read it and my reader side sometimes doesn't enjoy it. Or if I find logical fallacies in my own writing, it just drives me up the wall. Because if I found them, my readers are going to find them too. And um, like I was saying, a seven star, I got on a tangent there. <laughs> Sorry. Sorry. Um, seven star. I think I have to start with the basis of that story because Seven Star started off as a story about a man who was already an adult. He had suffered from, you know, depression and drinking problems because he had dreams and his dreams were crushed. So he was at the bottom and he never got away from the bottom. That was the original iteration of Seven Star. And then the main heroine came in who was someone who was at the top, but who lost it all and was at the bottom. And it was a story of kind of how those two people met, how they helped each other kind of become better not necessarily reach the top together but like they kind of helped each other overcome their demons that sort of thing you know okay yeah so that was the original iteration of seven star called hero story because it was based in the hero society now i've kind of taken more of a not not so much fantasy but it's just a it's a create i don't know it's because the world doesn't exist basically it's a superpower technically a superpower society but it's not superpowers so i don't know what to call that because fantasy people think like medieval ages so it's like modern fantasy i guess okay modern fantasy go with that urban fantasy yeah something like that basically um the stories become one where you have your your plucky main character who oh here's another thing i have a habit of writing underpowered main characters and i think it's come specifically because I got tired of the overpowered character trope. All righty. So I like using, I like my main characters using intelligence more than raw strength or anything else. Um, 
I think it's. I got it. I, I'm losing my thoughts because it's too much. I need to filter it all out. Right. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it's so. Basically, the story is about a guy named Adalis. He's trying to go to the university to become a better uh, radiant in this world. Radiants are individuals who can control a mysterious energy called Luvis. And Luvis can be used to make yourself more durable, more powerful in its most basic use, or in its more advanced uses can be given physical form. So um, do you know who the Green Lantern is? Oh, absolutely. Which one do you want? Hal Jordan? Well, as he, John? well not... Just in general, the Green Lantern Corps, yes. like their ability with the yes. ring. Yeah. That's like very loosely based on the Green Lantern Corps' okay. ability to generate things. That's what Luvis kind of is. Um, so they're capable, depending on how they train themselves, the Luvis can take on different forms. So physical augmentation, voice augmentation, uh, supernatural phenomenon generation, things like that. And so the main character's goal is to get to the university, which is supposedly to be the best for training these people. And there he meets along the way, like more mm, exceptional people than him. Okay. And I feel like the goal for the story is less about making the main character the main focus and more like putting him in a support role, if that makes sense. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, I do. Like people always assume that the main character needs to be like the main star. Like he needs to be the strongest and the smartest or something like that. But the way I've structured seven star is the main character isn't the strongest and he isn't the smartest. He's, he's gutsy, but he's also not going to be the gutsiest, but he's the most interesting character to see the story from because it's kind of like you or me walking in, walking next to people like, uh, Jeff Bezos or Elon Musk or George Washington, like super like amazing, famous people and us telling the story from our point of view, if that makes sense. That, that does make sense. Um, actually, the, when I think about that in a less exciting way, uh, Kamiko in uh, Hibiki Euphonium. Yeah. She is just, she, it's just, she may be the focus of the story, but it's really about what goes on around her. She doesn't mm -hmm. shape events. She doesn't have an overly embellished role in the woodwind instrument club. She is just there as the vehicle from which we can, which they frame the woodwinds club. Mm -hmm. Yeah, well, I want to say the main character in Senator is to that extent, for as TV as Euphorium, but because he still like solves certain issues, but he's not the like the 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 miracle cure all, you know? Okay. How in a lot of stories, it's like the main character is always the one who has to solve the problem, right? Um, or he's the one who discovers the problem, something like that. And then yeah, so because of that, we have a lot of more. He may Obviously be the main he, character, but it's more of an ensemble effort. Mm -hmm. Okay. Because, and then for certain reasons, the cast is very female leaning. <laughs> I can just imagine. <laughs> um, th well, the world I wanted to base around was like an inversion of modern society in a sense, where instead of like being patriarch heavy, it's matriarch heavy. Okay. So I wanted to kind of explore how mindsets would change if that were 
how society ran. So that's a that's, brave step for a man. It is very brave because something I was trying to do before doing seven star is I wanted to write a female lead story well. Cause I know a lot of people specifically in the writing world, men get a lot of flack for not being able to write a female character. And I wanted to see if I could challenge myself to do that. And I have a few drafts of that, but, for, but I just couldn't put it in a, I, I, I accepted the fact that I couldn't do it well enough that I wanted to release it as my, as a new book. Well, hey, that's, that's, that's something rather than, you know, we've all taken ideas and shelved it and come back to them later when they, you know, something strikes us as this is how it should go and things fall into place. So, I mean, it's not, it's not uh, that different a story than a lot of us have to deal with is, you know, we have a great idea and we just can't seem to flesh it out. And one day it may flesh out and we may come Mm -hmm. up with what could be that next step. Mm -hmm. And that's kind of what led to Seven Star having a cast of female characters that are just, that are like, like, I don't want to say strong. That sounds like super ham-fisted like saying oh we have strong female care like I wanted to give them some real depth like independence and individuality sort of thing like the main character isn't pivotal to their lives he's just a part of them you know right because more often than not what we end up having is once the main character enters the life of a heroine it's the heroine's like luck just begins to revolving around the main character yes more or less and that's kind of what I don't want to happen here. Cause I want to show that there is life outside of the main character. They're all doing their own things. They have their own goals, aspirations, stuff like that. Without the whole depowering or stuff right. like that. Okay. Yeah. She doesn't have to give up her power just because the guy's in the equation. Yeah, exactly. That's, that's, that's sort of I thing. think that's a good idea. Um, all right. Um, is there anything else you'd like to add before we do our do before I do a nice sign off here? Uh, no, I just wish I was better at explaining things. <laughs> hey. For some of us whose job is, is to explain things all day long, you did just fine. Because trust me, I don't, I, as a teacher, I don't explain things that great all the time either. So, and that's what they pay me to do. So, <laughs> all right. Um, I want to thank you for uh, coming on and uh, talking to me. And I know that you're, probably just as excited as I am that uh, the entry barriers to publishing and the entry barriers to getting your stories out there are lower than they have ever been. And I, I really believe that's a good thing. And if you're listening at home and you like this uh, interview and you would like to subscribe to this podcast, please do subscribe to WLNM where we hope to continue to highlight the best the independent creators have to offer. Until next time, keep reading. This has been a WLNM podcast.